think uh, the students that are participating in this are going from 10th standard to 11th standard it means you are entering a new phase of your life where you would be choosing some kind of a specialized stream to study and then you are looking at you know which stream is better what is going to be the future and things like that so there are a lot of choices that you are going to make for the future as well so what i'm going to do today is i'm going to share some of the benefits that yoga bring you know for cognition especially okay and uh, as you all know uh, june 21st it is celebrated as the international day of yoga and more than 150 countries celebrated simultaneously simultaneously i think in 2014 we had the opportunity for all the countries to agree that we will all celebrate the international day of yoga on june 21st so it's a very very significant step because what originated in india is now being taken to the world and so many people are actually benefiting out of it so we'll see some of the benefits there are so many benefits of yoga you know uh, yoga can be used uh, you know for uh, re- you know uh, cardiac health yoga is used for weight management yoga is used for stress relief yoga is used for hormonal balance so many ba- benefits are there other than that it is also used you know deeper uh, sense as well you know if you go to the himalayas you will find a lot of people a uh, lot of people adopting yoga and yogic practices so that's at a different level but we who are in the plains we can adopt yoga as a means of you know calming relaxation and getting a sense of clarity as to what we want to do in the future so from that perspective let's approach yoga okay i'll just uh, share my screen I think right now you can see my uh, screen where we are where I'm going to talk about yoga for cognitive skills. Before we understand the benefits of yoga for cognition, let's first try to understand what is this cognition about. I'm sure you some of you uh, you know would have studied in biology about uh, the brain and brain health cells and all that. But let's look a little bit from the perspective of cognition. So cognition is actually the process of taking in input from the senses and then processing it and acquiring knowledge through it and understanding it. So basically what happens is we have five senses, right? Ear, nose, you know, taste, um, and eyes and all that, skin. So through these five senses, we gather all the information possible from the outside world. And what happens it goes to via the different senses it goes to the brain and then we process that information you know whether you're hearing a sound you are able to differentiate whether it's a you know it's the thunder or is it a river or is it some kind of a vehicle moving you're able to differentiate that that's because your brain is processing it there is something that's happening in the brain either because of previous knowledge or you're developing new knowledge and you process that information and then store it in your brain so that is the process of cognition So if you look at cognition there are mainly you know cognition whenever we talk of cognition it is mainly to do with learning so it is a very very important thing for students right because learning student life is all about learning enjoyment is there no problem little fun is there no problem but primarily student life is all about learning whatever knowledge it is learning is fun you know lifelong learning happens if you ask anybody who has done their phd or a big scientist that they would say that they know only a little bit that's because they are lifelong learners learning continues day in and day out it's not just through books that we learn but we learn from different things we learn from nature we learn from elders at home we learn from youngsters uh, you know even people younger to us 
and then we learn from animals we learn so many things so all these inputs go they get processed in the brain and that's how we may we make sense of the reality so if you look at how people actually learn there are four main cognitive processes right it says every teacher should know but even students and parents can learn about it so the first thing is about attention the second thing is encoding the third one is storage and the fourth one is retrieval so attention means you are focusing on a particular thing right so you pay attention to something you focus on something very specific you remove other things which are not important to you and then you focus your attention on a one or few things that are important to you so suppose you are reading a book your attention is focused on the book so at that time when a, or you are watching tv so you focus on the tv you are processing the video and the audio at that time when your mom calls you from the kitchen you hardly hear it right and then you get a scolding from her so it means that you are paying focus you are putting focus and you are paying attention to what is going on there so that capability is cognition the second one is encoding so whatever information we get so much gigabytes and terabytes of information but all that has to be stored in some kind of an encoded form some kind of a processing has to happen here that encoding happens and then it is stored so what happens whenever you for example uh, you know what you do is uh, you put data into a computer what happens the data is processed by the processor and then it is stored right you have a hard disk you have a memory in the computer it gets stored there and whenever you are looking for something suppose you click on a file right when you double click on a file what happens it is there in the hard disk it is then retrieved from the hard disk and then it is shown to you so that is exactly what the human brain also does it stores the information that you are getting through the senses and then there is a process of retrieval so suppose if i ask you what is 5 into 10 you would say 50 that's because you you know the tables and then from your memory you bring it you retrieve it and then you tell it out to me so that is the process of retrieval that happens so all these processes together form what we call cognition in the human brain very important thing to understand so attention is the filter through which we experience the world how we processes what our attention that is encoding what happens once enters the brain right it gets stored even if it happens once your brain actually stores it so it's not that it escapes from the brain just that we are not able to retrieve it we don't know where it is stored it's somewhere in the back of the mind sometimes when i ask you something you just say you know somewhere i remember but i you know i'm not able to remember it immediately it means that somewhere in the background it's there but you're not able to retrieve it at the moment right so retrieval is called the recall of information you just recall that information and present it so these are the cognitive processes so one uh, we'll develop slowly we'll develop an understanding of the cognitive processes and then i'll tell you how yoga helps the cognition right so it will look like a biology class but just be with me and then you will enjoy this better right so one important since we talked about retrieval and uh, storing of information so the very important thing that in the brain that processes this is actually the memory right because for a student this is a very very important thing it's very important that students have good memory of things in an examination it's a very very useful thing that is why in the indian system if you see a lot of rote learning happens 
so many people make fun of rote learning rote learning is not a bad thing only if you mindlessly do it it's a bad thing right rote learning is very important or memory learning is very important because it helps you to store in the memory and retrieve it whenever it is needed but if you don't understand it if you just store then it becomes a problem that is why me, me many people make fun that don't rote learn don't just by heart because when you have attach a meaning to it there are better chances of it uh, for getting it stored better and the retrieval becomes better right so what happens is when we talk about memory there is sensory memory there is short term memory and there is long term memory so in sensory memory means whatever you are developing or getting from the senses from the outside world short term memory is where once you get it from the sense uh, senses it goes into some place where some processing happens for a very short while it happens and then what happens is by repeated practice whatever information is there in the short term memory is pushed into the long term memory that's why they say keep telling the tables keep telling the tables or you have the uh, you know you have uh, say you know chemistry equations or mathematical equations why do they ask you to learn it by memory repeat why do you keep repeating in the class that's because you want to push this information from the short term memory to the long term memory so that for many many years it will be uh, accessible to you because you need to you know you will be going to 11th and 12th standard then you will go to college even at that time these formula should be will be applicable right so you need to remember it so that is why we insist on a repeated practice of things so you basically push that information from the short term memory into the long term memory so that is how this memory thing works right you have sensory memory you have short term memory and you have long term memory all these are very important in student life so the next thing that we're looking at is working memory or what we again the short term memory is also the working memory the working memory is a place where things are worked out whenever you re receive information that working or processing happens in the working memory so it is it acts as a temporary storage it manipulates the information from the auditory and visual channels we have two main channels of learning whenever we look at something we receive visual input we also receive audio input so it means that there are two channels operating visual and audio and what happens is the short the working memory is the one that pays focused attention on something and this working memory see very important thing this also affects the school performance and iq why because there is so much information you'll have to gather and remember right so you for example you remember in the you know in your first standard or second standard you have a very small book right very small book that itself look like a mountain but as you move to higher classes your history book became like this your maths book became like this your science book became like this and there's so much information that the student has to crunch so what happens is <coughs> you need to have a very very good working memory and have you noticed there are a lot of speed tests that is given to you suppose uh, there are two kinds of students one kind what they will do is they will in a one hour exam they will finish it in 15 minutes and then sit in the examination hall not knowing what to do there are other kinds of students who are till the bell they would be writing and then even then they wouldn't have finished the exam 
So it means that in a very short period of time, you'll have to write or recollect lot of things and put it on paper. So in that sense, the working memory becomes very stressed out at that point in time. Tuck, 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 tuck. When the teacher asks what happens, you're trying your working memory is going on working. You know, what is it? What is it? What is it? And then it gets a little loaded. So that is why a very calm and you know, stress-free approach is needed so that the working memory can function to its optimum. Right? Very, very important thing for a student. And then it also, uh, if you look at it, it affects school performance and IQ. And it also strengthens through exercise. This is exactly what we are going to talk today or look at a little bit today. Uh, of course, there, is, there can be there so many things that we can discuss about the benefits of yoga for students. But we'll be touching upon a little bit. And of course, at some point in time, we can explore more about this. So it, what happens is it also strengthens through exercise. When you give, say for example, you know, many people talk about brain gym uh, or they talk about IQ based tests and all that. So it means that this in brain gym or IQ based tests, you know, a lot of practice is given to this working memory so that it becomes very, very sharp. Now just like a knife, if you don't use it, it will become blunt. If you keep using it regularly and properly, the knife will be sharp. So that's exactly how we need to keep our brain and memory. During the holidays or during the lockdown, we shouldn't just shut our brain, keep it aside. No, that should not be the approach. Some kind of a new learning should happen so that our brain becomes very, very active. It gets interested in a topic and then starts functioning very well. Right? So try to explore diverse kind of activities. Singing, drawing, yoga, whatever. Read a book. You know, no need to pack your day, but engage in diverse kinds of activities, variety of activities, so that your brain health is, uh, you know, ensured. So what we'll do is, we'll do a small uh, exercise, right? So now I have, I will show you some numbers on the screen, okay? And then you'll have to try to remember the numbers. You don't have to tell me that. Just try it for yourself. Okay. Can you try to recollect all the numbers? I'm giving you a few seconds to see if you actually remember the numbers. First of all, how many numbers were there? And what were the numbers. Let's go through it again. 3, 8, 6, 2, 1. So pat yourself if you got the numbers right. Let's take another simple test. Okay. Same thing. Try to remember these numbers on the screen. How many numbers were there? And are you able to remember the numbers? Try to tell it to your parent who is near you. Or try to murmur it to yourself. 
going through it again not this one but the next list 5895698348 okay now this is the third test now if i tell you that every number is the difference of the previous two numbers okay like 5 is the difference of 8 and 3 2 is the difference of 3 and 5 3 whatever it is now try to remember these numbers So did you find this list easier than the other lists? That's because you were able to associate each number with some meaningful information, right? Suppose I tell your mother's mobile number, you don't even have to, you know, put a make a processing of it because you already know it well. That's because it is associated. There is a meaning to it. It's associated. Or suppose I give you a date of birth, you remember it better. or your friend's birthday you remember it better that's because you associate it with some meaningful information so hence this associative memory is a very very important thing in the indian context itself i'll i'll show you how the previous slide was easy because there was some association between the numbers and that is precisely how the language sanskrit is designed right you have a lot of numerical systems in sanskrit it's just a simple example don't worry about this i'm just flashing it on the screen for your understanding i'll share the presentation with your sir later on for your reference so this is a nice poem which is written in sanskrit and the meaning i've given it to you below so it is just about uh, you know krishna playing with his friends and cows and oceans and all that so it just looks like a rhyme you know just like any other rhyme or any other poem this is written in sanskrit but it's so beautifully written that when you code encode the letters there is actually the you know the pi value up to 31 digits in it so there is a numeric system in sanskrit which gives value to ga pa bha ya and all that i'm not sure if you can read uh, devanagari but nevertheless it's given in english also so if you read this particular poem it's very easy to remember a poem isn't it but if you decode it it is actually the value of pi for 31 digits how beautiful it is just because there is a meaning and poetry to it it's very easy for you to now remember without this if i ask you to remember the 31 digits of pi my god it's such a difficult task isn't it you know even 3 4 digits beyond it it's going to be difficult but with a simple poem actually it's very easy to remember i'm sure you all know this thing right you have board mass system bracket of division whatever it is you have a word and then it's easy for you to decode it right so that's how this thing works in sanskrit so how does actually yoga help in this whole process <coughs> so by yoga what do i mean there are very very uh, technical definitions of yoga but let's not go into that what what do we know about yoga we know that yoga is a set of asanas which are physical postures you know don't worry about you know you don't have to twist your body to be in a asana there are a lot of simple asanas that everybody can do 
and then you also have something called pranayama which is actually the breathing practices which controls your breath right and then there are meditation based practices there are concentration based practices and there are meditation based practices so this is what we call the yogic system or yogic practices there are deeper meanings to it but let's not go into that so what happens is <coughs> many times have you noticed that when you are physically tired you also feel mentally exhausted isn't it you know somebody asks something at that point in time immediately we retort back with sight you know irritation or anger because we are physically tired so it means that fundamentally there is a connection between your body and mind if you have a healthy body you have a healthy mind if you have a healthy mind you have a healthy body when we feel very happy very excited about something at that time we don't even feel any physical discomfort have you noticed that suppose you are you are trekking up a very beautiful place so much difficulty is there in climbing it but it's so beautiful your experience is so exciting that actually this physical uh, difficulty you didn't even uh, realize that so it means that the body and mind are very very closely connected and this connection yoga system actually recognizes that is why yogic practices when you develop flexibility in your body automatically you develop flexibility in your mind so you would have seen that you know as a, what you can do is you can take some complex yoga postures and keep trying them so that one day when you perfect them your mind also becomes very very flexible so initially you would start with no i cannot do it you know this is not for me kind of but once you achieve that you actually realize that wow my body can do this wow my mind can actually achieve this and when you translate this to actually doing a math problem or a science experiment then you would realize that all these are connected to each other and a lot of scientific studies for yoga you know yoga is not something that we do just at home but world over everybody there are a lot of people who practice yoga as well as study the scientific aspects of yoga there are doctors practicing yoga studying yoga scientists you know studying yoga so many people have adopted and since it's is a beautiful system that is born in our own country why not we adopt it for our own benefit the pranayama is actually the regulation of breath i'll teach you a simple practice at the end of this session it it actually purifies your blood to a very good extent the main thing is for you to be energetic you need to take in a lot of oxygen into your body have you seen that you know when you are tired you start yawning a lot why do you yawn that's because you want to gulp a lot of oxygen into your body and pranayama makes it very very natural when we yawn it means that we are feeling sleepy but when we actually do pranayama in a very nice and harmonious way we can ensure lot of oxygen is taken inside the body and also this oxygen what happens this directly feeds into your brain and this increases your thinking capabilities analytical skills all these increase through pranayama practices one thing that is very important and you know especially since people are facing this situation of corona virus one thing that is people are noticing is that it is affecting the immunity system very very badly people who are very old who have a very weak immunity system it is affecting them badly and yoga is known for its benefits in improving the immunity how does it improve immunity and you can read something in biology i'm not going to go into the details but there are so many uh, you know for example there's something called cortisol cortisol is one of the indicators of you know cytokines and cortisols they are indicators of you know uh, increase or increased or decreased immunity 
when the cortisol level comes down it means that the body's immunity is at a very very good level and yogic practices like asana and pranayama does this right so it improves immunity and have you seen that when you do some you know you play or you jog or you do some exercises immediately after that you feel you know there is a lot of relief from stress so it reduces stress so if it's not just you do yoga if there is somebody in the family who's interested your mother your father your sister or brother pull them all together and have a joint group yoga session so that you know there's lot of fun that is generated through this and it also keeps your mind very calm and enhances memory and what we have seen memory is a very important thing for students so you need to have a calm mind if lot of things are going on into your mind that space is occupied by this unwanted information so there is no space for information in you know you uh, useful information to be stored so that's why it's important for you to have a calm mind and that is what yoga and yogic practices can provide it also increases the depth perception enhances communication between the brain parts see that's very important you need to have a connected brain when i ask you something you know tell me about this you know why didn't you do this you shouldn't say ah oh, i didn't even strike me i didn't even know you know it existed that's because different parts of the brain are disconnected from each other one is not talking to the other so when we do yogic practices it actually improves the communication of these parts and hence we are able to multitask why you can read a book at the same time be aware of what is going on in the surroundings at the same time you can do a uh, complex task right so that way yogic practices help you a lot so in fact uh, you know there are a lot of people who are not able to connect to other beings like for example animals pets or cows or uh, to uh, friends or to poor people that's because the essence of empathy compassion all that has not fully developed in them have you noticed such uh, people they are very dry uh, you know because they are not able to relate to others and studies have found that a 8 week meditation program you know really enhances this you feel more connected to people at home you feel very happy to be in others presence you develop a compassion to other beings which is very very important in these times you know since we are safe at our home it's we cannot assume that everybody is safe at home right there are so many people facing a lot of trouble so once the situation is over once we are able to move we also need to see how to help these people and yogic practices actually bring in this compassion which can be helpful to people right and how does yoga reduce stress because there is something called the amygdala in the brain which is important for fright or fight response so suppose for example you see a dog running towards you immediately you will, your adrenaline pumps up and then that tells your uh, leg to run and you need you start running in a very very high speed that's because this there is a signal that's coming from the brain to release that adrenaline and that that what happens is if the adrenaline keeps on getting released a lot of stress is built and that's how yogic practices can actually reduce the stress by regulating what is happening in the amygdala then you feel very calm you feel very peaceful you feel very relaxed at that point in time so this is how yogic practices actually help you so you can see here that on the screen that i have shown you what is amygdala in the brain and i've also shown you the different parts of the brain for example the frontal lobe is important for solving problems you know there is also uh, the cerebellum which is important for balance 
the you know if there is a part of the brain which is involved in breathing and parietal lobe for reading so many sections of the brain are there so what happens is that all these sections need to function properly so that you have a full human life you know you have a joyful human life 